Well, hello, bros. It's time for that hero stuff, bro. That hero stuff. Oh, how are you doing on the day of today? This is James Hall, and welcome to Restoring Heroes, real biblical manhood in the counterfeit world, and powered by the War Cry Podcast Network. Woo! Look here. Look, I got a whole lot to say in a little bit of time, and I got somebody special on the line with me today. On the day of today is Brother Matthew from Christian Coffee Time on on not Facebook. What am I about to say? (laughs) On YouTube. Um, We got a lot to say. We're talking about um, the dangers of Halloween. I'm not sure what I'm going to title this episode, but it's going to have something to do with that. Um, So say hi to the people, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. See that? See the energy, the energy. (laughs) I love it. Gotta have passion. I love it. I love it. So uh, if you don't know anything about Brother Matthew, um, Brother Matthew is a um, a strong biblical man. And he's been um, doing a what I've been watching is a whole lot of a series on. He does Bible studies online. He, um, I've been watching this. I just watched a series on not a series, a video on the, the doctrine of hell. And he's really passionate about just the truth of the scriptures. And um, I think that passion comes from a. a, a a place of um, just thankfulness of God, God's salvation um, and things like that. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, brother Matthew. And, uh, and I call him brother Matthew cause that's what he goes by. So I'm going to let, I'm going to yeah. let that you introduce yourself to the brothers, man. Go ahead. Hey, yeah. So yeah, I go by brother Matthew cause I'm just a brother in Christ. And that's all I am. And it's what I try to keep myself as. I don't claim fancy titles or anything. I just, I'm just a preacher of the word of God. I'm a street preacher and evangelist, a teacher of apologetics and the gospels. I hold debates. And uh, what I do is across uh, multiple different social media platforms, just run just very simple uh, Bible-based studies uh, just to help people to come back to the basics of scriptures, to strengthen the saints and, and encourage uh, the lost to come to Christ just to defend the Word of God in its simplicity. As I teach the, the Word of God, I teach the uh, Christian doctrines in their simplicity, without religiosity and fancy tapestries and that kind of stuff, or traditions and rituals, just what it says is what it means. And uh, we teach uh, young earth creationism on the yeah. conservative value, um, the fundamentals of the Word of God, what it says, what it means is God cannot lie. Amen, amen. Young earth, we will get into that later on in life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know, man, Answers in Genesis changed my life about a whole lot of things. Have you heard of Answers in Genesis? Ken Ham out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, I, know I, know in, I know you in Ohio. I know you in Ohio. Okay, I, said, I know you in Canada. Um, we're going international yeah. right now, fellas. International. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk to... Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Up in the frozen north. Frozen north, yes. Um, <laughs> but... Look, there's a, there's a couple things that um, that about your past that that makes you speak on this topic of Halloween with such vigor and such such passion. Do you want to share that with the brothers? Uh, yes, sure. Um, I have uh, on my YouTube channel of the full testimony. It's uh, over three hours, so I'm not going to bore you all with that right now. But uh, 
that my testimony is just uh, my journey of how the, my Lord God, Jesus Christ, saved me. The blood of Jesus Christ uh, washed me clean, rescued me. I spent uh, my life of 16 years in mysticism, occultism, and witchcraft. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a practitioner of it. I was a teacher, a head instructor in a witchcraft school. I was a master of spirit conjuring, divination, and enchantment. And that was my life, and I was uh, practicing real-world warlock. Not like the Hollywood make-believe stuff. I'm talking the real-world thing. Uh, we would conjure the spirits, and they would manifest to us and teach us things. And we were doing real-world witchcraft. I was an enemy of God, an enemy of the Word of God. And the Lord Jesus had mercy on me, revealed himself to me, showed me the truth, convicted me of my sins. And that's when I repented of my sins, turned to the Lord. And I had, I had entered a blood pact. I cut myself, signed my own blood, a blood pact with devils. And the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than that. And the blood of Jesus Christ canceled out my blood pact with the, with the enemy. Amen. 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 So when you, and this get straight, you know, cut straight to the chase, man, as, as, I do. This show is called Restoring Heroes. So we talk about men being the heroes in their household, being the leaders and protectors and providers uh, of their house, being the ones that the, their family look up to spiritually. Um, and as being a protector, um, what would you say? This is Halloween season. This next couple of days, Halloween is happening because of COVID. A whole lot of stuff has changed. Um, not a lot of people is going to be knocking on other people's doors this year, but um we still people still have the urge to want to celebrate it now my family has never celebrated it and that's not a badge of honor i just i just didn't want to jump into that darkness like that but can you explain to the christians who do not know who kind of scoff you know who you know kind of scoff at the the idea that you or we are no, we we should not be celebrating halloween yeah well it, it comes down to a line that you can tell people every single bit of uh, the history and the historicity of it uh but the one thing you, you can't preach is conviction hmm. all you can do is preach the truth and just tell them what it is and pray that the lord would uh, draw them to this but if an individual has an open heart and open mind and is willing to listen and willing to comprehend and think about these possibilities that's when you can possibly reach them with these things now again this is just me saying it but, and I beg everyone to do the research and do the studies themselves. But uh, as the word of God says, we're to come up from a, come up apart and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, abstain from all appearance of evil, have no fellowship the unfruitful works of darkness, be holy as I am holy, be perfect as he is perfect. We're to come follow Christ, pick up a cross, follow him. We're to be disciples of the Lord because we love him, to be separate, to be holy unto the Lord. And when you take a look at Halloween, is there anything about it that can honor the Lord, glorify the Lord? Can we, as uh, as living temples of the living God, royal priests of the living God, truly honor the Lord with these things? Hmm. Now, people say, well, I dress up as devils and I don't do these things. And we just dress up as Bible characters or Mickey Mouse or something. Okay, this is where you got to start looking at origins. Some people say, well, origins don't matter. Well, that's just generally what the ignorance say. Right. But uh, if we... If we take a look at the actual origins of this, and now some of these things, you the details you learn when you study the old religions. Now, people generally don't understand or realize that occultism is a religion. Come on, it's now. not just you know, 
spiritual practices that you just tack on to any other thing. No, no, it's actually a religion, and you can create your own. You could call them denominations, sub-denominations within occultism. Hmm. Like you got witchcraft, wizardry, sorcery, Satanism. You got many shamanism, all many different variants, and then you can do sub-variants under those. But, but it all comes under the header of occultism. Now, druidry is an, is one of the uh, denominations under occultism of old world religion and it goes back to uh, britain to the druids of britain and they would be practicing and doing their rituals around this time as the festival of, of Samhain or Samhain or however you want to say that hmm. uh, now they they were inspired uh, later on in druidry practices they were inspired by the pagans of the germanic tribes who came over and they're inspired by the germanic paganism uh, into aspects of sacrifices, cannibalism, these kinds of things would take part in many of their rituals. Now, in the festival of Samhain, uh, the gods of death, the lords of death, they would have to offer up a human sacrifice to be able to appease the gods of death so that they wouldn't come back to torment and destroy the living. Right. And so they would they would take a, uh, a young child, boy or girl, but had to be a young, uh, a young child, uh, and they would offer it up as a sacrifice. Now, in some third world countries, even today, you can still buy uh, child fat, human fat candles. Uh, and they, so what they would do is they would take fat off the body and they mold it into a candle, put it into a gourd. And this is a an enchanted blessing. And they would set it on the front step of the house that gave of their family. That's where the jack-o'-lantern came from. And so that would appease... Uh, that would appease the gods of death, but if you refuse to give and you refuse to have anything to do with the festival, you get a curse. So there you see trick or treat. Right. You get a blessing or a curse. Now, the, the dead would still come back as in the people who have died or the souls of the past on the ancestors, souls of ancestors would come back to haunt and terrorize and these kinds of things. So what you would do in ancient Druidry is you would is you would disguise yourself as a Druid priest, as a regular Druid, as a witch, or, or disguise yourself as already dead in some way to fool the spirits so they wouldn't touch you. That's where costumes idea came from. Hmm. But they would still possibly come around to your house and so what you would do is you would set up offerings for the dead so to appease them so they not come in and haunt and terrorize your home. That's where food at the door came from. So you would notice that every single ritual of the Halloween practice is just a, a veiled remembrance right. of the old druidic festival practices. Now, even Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan right, in San right. Francisco, he even said, I am glad that Christians allow their children to worship the devil at least one night of the year. And in Luciferianism and Satanism, these things, they, they will say that Halloween is Satan's birthday. It's his celebration. They say the Christians get Christmas and Easter, we get Halloween. So you see that there's a lot of things there to consider in why are you doing what you're doing? Why is there the dressing up? Why is there the candy? Why is there the going door to door? Why is all this stuff? Then you take a look at all other uh, aspects of Halloween. Like, for example, uh, what are the, the two primary main colors or basic colors of Halloween? What are they? Orange and black. Yeah. You know why? Because in actual Satanism, uh, when... and you're doing spirit conjuring 
and you would go into the ritual, you draw the symbols, you go through the chant, you draw, you drop, you invoke the spirit. And every spirit that's invoked appears in either black or orange smoke. What? So, so you take a look at even the colors of Halloween, uh, it's reminiscent of that. Then you take a look at all the imagery. It's vampires and monsters and demons and devils right. and witches and warlocks and sorcerers and wizards and, and monsters and murderers and drunkards. It's all, it's everything that God calls abomination. Read Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 12. And that God calls all these things abomination. And you see 1 Corinthians 6 and Galatians 5 and Revelations that uh, Revelation 20 and 21 it, it has the lists of all these things that will not enter the kingdom of God. Uh, all that he says, if you partake of this, not only those that partake, but those that take pleasure in them. So you see God's curse on these things. Hmm. It says we're supposed to be holy and guard our minds and guard our eyes. So the very fact there's this background, there's this origin, there's this history and all, all this imagery. And people say, well, I'm not partaking that. Well, you're still partaking in the festival. You're still condoning it. You're still tolerating it. You're still giving a license to it. Yes, Jesus sat the publicans and sinners, but he didn't behave like them and act like them and condone and tolerate their behavior and what they were doing. Right. He was Amen. still He didn't partake of that. Now, yes, costumes are fine and candy is fine, but you got to ask yourself, why are you doing these specific rituals on this specific day? Uh, there's a meaning behind it. There's a reason behind everything we do. Not Nothing is neutral. Right. Amen. Amen. So what do you say to the, um, like, I, now you probably heard this objection before. Well, Paul talked about not eating food offered to to idols and paul talked about you know if me defend my brother then you know i'm gonna step back from it but we talk about that defense where well the idols the demons though not the demons because they exist but the idols really don't exist those rituals really don't work those da, da 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 so it's okay for me to partake in this what's the big deal of me carving a lightsaber into a pumpkin instead of a mean face or i can carve you know the face of jesus that i saw or not the face of jesus you know we're not supposed to be doing that either but the likeness of whatever european hand model they had <laughs> posing as Jesus into a pumpkin what's what's the problem with that well again uh, is the people who say well the idol itself has no meaning no power and it means nothing to me yes the bible says says the idol is nothing now it means in the context that you actually do word studies it's talking about how it doesn't have a power over us because we're in christ it doesn't mean that the idol in and of itself is just some nebulous neutral powerless lump of stone it's no it's not what that means now when i used to practice witchcraft i had an idol I had a, a specific crafted image, a specifically crafted idol that I had made to be uh, the uh, the manifestation of the familiar spirit that I had at the time. And now when you do studies on this and, and you come to an understanding of what the idol is and the background of the idol and all this stuff, you realize that the idol is a direct representation, manifestation of the posing deity behind it. Come on how now. it works is, is the priest the priestess, the false prophet, whatever they are, it, what happens is they have a visitation. There's a manifestation where the spirits or whatever manifesting as the deity will manifest to that individual. And so what they do is they then carve a craft, fashion, and image in the likeness of that which they saw. Mm. And behind every idol is a demon. Now, mm. Every 
image of a false religion, there is a demon behind it. Amen. Uh, these images are direct uh, uh, spawn, brain spawn of the devils as they fashion it, they create it, come up with the idea, and they impose it upon the uh, the individuals at the, to be their representatives on earth. So that so when you're bowing to an image, you are directly bowing to the direct represent representative just like how in hinduism they have that elephant god i'm not going to say the name come on uh, now but that elephant god is a, a that it's a demon and the idol is a direct representation of what those gurus what those hindu priests saw the and yogis an idol after it. and the yogis yes, and the yes. yogigis or whatever the so, women virgins call yeah exactly so so with that understanding as as all symbolism of false religions symbolism of other spiritual practices have power and meaning behind them so thusly you take a look at the jack-o-lantern the jack-o-lantern is a direct representation of that which was handed down through the practices of a paganistic druidry mm -hmm. uh, to be the representative of the druid blessing of human ch child sacrifice so it doesn't matter what you're carving into the thing it is it's if you are setting something out there i'm not saying pumpkins are bad pumpkins are great pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin pie is awesome right but uh, pumpkins are fine and, and you want to put up pumpkins for for like the the fall harvest festival okay that's fine but when you're setting it out with the direct intention with the direct meaning and purpose uh, to be a jack-o-lantern for halloween you have then you have then enchanted this object with the intention of being a part of the halloween festival and thus this is now a now just not just some pumpkin it is now a jack-o-lantern it is now a, a child sacrifice symbol that's what that is right so you can call it whatever you want you can carve it whatever you want it doesn't change its meaning it doesn't change its origin and you're only deceiving yourself by thinking that it's okay right 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 now you said something that stood out to me about like i think the the major problem is i don't think christians and hear me, hear me when I say this. I don't think we take the spiritual as serious anymore. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I think we take it as superstition or or something, but we don't take it as serious anymore. And that's why we play with these things so loosely. We don't we don't believe the demons are real and and active in in people's lives. We don't believe that there is an unseen realm beyond like you know do you still believe it's an unseen realm like even the things of god that are that we believe are miraculous people don't believe that can actually still happen based on some guy who wrote a book or wrote a commentary on a book years and years ago instead of just taking what the word of god says <clears throat> john calvin but neither here or there uh, <laughs> um, but well, yeah, you can get me on a ten-hour rant on that topic. I'm telling you about the whole uh, that the the idea that uh, the lack of belief in the reality of magic and the reality of the supernatural. You can yes. get me on a ten-hour rant on that one. Um, I, what I equate it to, especially for uh, for so-called professing believers. Uh, where they have such a dismissive attitude on this, the modern liberal personal interpretation Christian, uh, that they, w what it is, is they have a nigh atheistic 
behavior Ooh. towards the reality of magic and the supernatural. Even though they may say they believe in the Bible. And they believe in God and the Bible and heaven and hell and angels and demons and all this stuff. But when it comes to like occult, they're like, ah, no, that's all Hollywood. That's because Hollywood has done a fantastic work at brainwashing people into into a blase type of behavior towards those things which God calls extremely serious abomination. Yes. Like when you read in the Bible, in Deuteronomy 18, 9 and 12, about divination and enchantment and conjuring and mediumship yep. and yep. fortune telling and, and all this stuff, God's not making things up. You have the witch of Endor, Simon the sorcerer. You got Balaam the false prophet. You got Alimus the sorcerer. You got all these others and Simon the sorcerer. You got all these. These are individual Janes and Jambres who withstood Moses. Look at the look at the actual supernatural miracles that Janes and Jambres committed. So it comes down to an understanding of what is magic. Then magic is the circumstantial, the the. Uh, coincidental the circumstantial manipulation of the natural through supernatural means hmm. it's is that that which can be done that uh, that which can be done scientifically but now you're doing it through a supernatural means so uh, so turning uh, so turning uh, things into other things like the staff turning to a snake that doesn't happen naturally so you see a supernatural element then there's things which god can do even uh, affecting supernaturally you know scientific possibilities so all because things, some things, lots of things can be done scientifically doesn't invalidate the supernatural. Right. Seas don't naturally split by themselves. The dead don't come back to life. The blind can't see, the hear, the, the, deaf, the deaf can't hear, the mute can't speak, the lame can't walk, the lepers can't suddenly be miraculously cleansed. Water doesn't naturally turn to wine and hail doesn't fall and burn as fire on the ground. Right. These are that that God does and that he did through prophets. Now, Satan says, oh, that's cool. I want to have that, too. So he creates his false prophets, his false mm -hmm. priests. He has his representatives of witches and warlocks and sorcerers and wizards. Oh, my. And so we see Come on now. Uh, all of these things uh, in the world. Now, all because it's not like, you know, Hollywood portrays, you know, Merlin the wizard or this stupid idiotic harry Potter. come on preach you're and, preaching now is i've seen the series it is so stupid <laughs> but anyway the harry potter you know the whole thing because you know shooting light bolts and you know flashing colors and tinsel and also that people think that's what magic is no magic is not like that go to a third world country and you'll see them doing really weird things and weird things happening mm -hmm. and it's it's so without senses many of the time there are no weird feelings and flashes of light and sensations and things it's just it, it almost seems circumstantial like i'm completely making something up here but like if this pen i'm holding in my hand if i was to knock this to the left the door slams shut how is that possible that's because a a link has been made with the familiar spirit that he knows that when i do that that's what i want him to do and so the spirits then reacts is you develop a relationship with the spirits mm. and so in the occult you develop a relationship with the spirits so when you do a certain thing either that you figured out or they taught you and you develop a system a religion now similarly we develop a relationship with the holy spirit of god and that through prayer and devotion and worship of the lord and walking with him 
the closer we draw with the Lord, the more we understand how he thinks and moves and feels and speaks in his word. And he moves us. So when we, so we don't know how to pray for as we ought. So he teaches us how to pray. He puts Come on in now. hearts and minds what to pray for. And when we ask of him, he answers and does. And miracles happen. We see Peter and Paul and all the apostles. And then you see miracles, you know, missionary stories and things that happen, how the Lord is able to move through supernatural manifestations. Amen. You don't Amen. That. If you don't believe that miracles are for today, you might want to go visit a third world country and go live with some actual missionaries for a while. So you see that miracles do happen. Amen. And that the Lord does move and that he can do things. Now, there are some things God won't do. And what, how do we know what he won't do? By reading his word. We get familiar with how he moves. Yes. So people think, well, I'm, I'm tangenting. No, I'm not. Because when we take a look at Halloween, and that the festival of Halloween, the festival of Samhain, has very specific ordinances and practices. There's a reason why why the Druids taught this systematic, you know, behavior. If you do this, and then you do this, and you do this, and you do this, then you and you have the you, you have the the blessing or the curse. You have the dressing up. You have the candy. And people think it's not a satanic festival. Then you've never seen a satanic festival. And it, I've always find it so amazing how people who know virtually nothing of the occult are so quick to say that this is not a problem. Come on now, you you preaching, and that's that's the arrogance I think of sometimes uh, of Christians yeah. or people. Basically, you just want to do what you want to do. It's not necessarily you're trying to yeah. find a defense. You want to do it anyway. You think it's fun for the kids. You think it's whatever, and you have people at the door that came from it saying, "Hey, this is horrible." Nah, you you lying. It ain't bad. It, like, well, <laughs> well, if you don't if you don't believe that it's demonic, well, I challenge any listener to go and ask any ex witch ex occultist who has gotten born again. Say, I challenge you ask any one of them, is Halloween demonic? And every last one of them will tell you yes. There I, it is. I I, I, re, I, I bet you I I, I bet you. <laughs> Whatever money I have, I don't have much. But I'll bet you anything that any one of ex witch, ex occultist will tell you that Halloween's demonic. And some people say, "Well, I'm not partaking in any, any demonic thing." Well, it it's no different than going and sitting in a mosque, in a Buddhist temple, Hindu temple, or the Satanic temple, or any other, you know, Je Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall, a Mormon tabernacle. Going sitting on their holy ground, sitting on the sidelines and watching their rituals watching their services that you, you wouldn't partake but you're saying it's okay to go and step on their pagan accursed abomination buildings and and watch their demonic festivals and demonic services the preachings of demonic doctrines that it's okay to go and sit there and do that and bring if your jesus, kids yeah if jesus himself wouldn't do it if jesus wouldn't dress up and go door to door why are you jesus would you if jesus was here on earth today and he actually had a house. Would you ever find a jack-o'-lantern on his front porch? No. No. So why on earth would we? No. And I and we, you have people that well he would if it brings it brings people to. I heard a defense. I don't know who what I was watching, bro. And uh, the guy was kind of defending Halloween because he got tracks and stuff. But the Bible says, you know. <laughs> He, I don't know how he twisted the scripture. The Bible says, go out, but they're coming to you. Isn't this a great time to evangelize? They're coming to your house. You don't even have to go out. Well, you're just, but the command says, go, go out. 
you leave and go towards them but they're coming to you so you got candy and and then you say god bless you and they're like i'm like man this is so this is such a such a weak stance on something that we should not be doing what's what's wrong with us not doing it just not doing there's it. a fine line there's a very fine line right there because you know nothing should ever limit evangelism or evangelist opportunities but there's a fine line between taking part in evangelism and corrupting it so for example you see paul on mars hill in athens using the springboard of the altar to the unknown god now he uses it as a springboard as an opportunity to bring forth the gospel but he doesn't go and start offering up on the altar he doesn't condone the altar he doesn't justify the altar he doesn't he uses it as an opportunity for a icebreaker to be able to preach the gospel of jesus christ right so as halloween in a way you could call it the altar to the unknown god you're not partaking he doesn't dress up as the worshipers of the unknown god he doesn't partake in this, but he stands apart. He is separate. He is not like them. And he preaches them something different. He preaches that which offends, as Jesus says, that this offend you. The gospel will offend those in sin. So similarly, as I said earlier, but some won't believe and you can't, con- can't convict everyone, is the truth is either going to feed the sheep or offend the goats. But at least it'll clear out the room or fill it up. But the point is, is that, is that uh, we want to preach the truth no matter who it offends and who it bothers. Yes. And there's some other things. It's not just Halloween, but the cult sneaks in with um, Mm -hmm. Christian yoga. Um, People say martial arts, but I'm a martial artist and I know the origins of martial arts and it didn't start off spiritual. Origins of martial arts start off punching people just getting together, learning how to punch better. I I used to practice martial arts uh, a lot and I I have a lot of insight on that as well. You know, there now, punches and kicks are one thing and learning self-defense and doing it for exercise or fun entertainment or self-defense or whatever is one thing but when you bring in the mystic spiritual aspect, yes and that happened later on when the yes. when they when when buddhism came in and when the taoism mm-hmm. came in and that was after the the founders of martial arts and okinawa the, and all those guys you know mm-hmm. after they got taken over you know because each yeah. each country took over each other and they poured more and more into it and also it happened when they're trying to indoctrinate kids which is funny enough they put in the spiritual not the spiritual the false god worship the buddhism Mm -hmm. the Tao, the taoism or the Taoism, and put it in there to indoctrinate the kids at young age um so they taught them how to punch and kick but they also taught them how to meditate which is this word they stole from the bible like uh and and kind of hijacked that phrase but they taught them that and we also got um yoga now we have people saying they're christian yogas and yogis and whatever you want to call them like how can you be a christian devil worshiper i don't get it but well as that scripture says my people perish for lack of knowledge you see, people, uh, what they do is they look and, and they judge after the outward appearance. They say, oh, it looks good. It seems good. It smells good. It feels good. It, it, it seems good. It's not, it, There's no direct, you know, blatant, you know, darkness about it. So it must be good. Well, that's where you got to figure out a little bit more because Satan appears as an angel of light. Amen. And his ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So Satan knows how to package something in such a way to look appeasing he knows how to put the good proper makeup the proper mask he knows how to package it he knows how to present it satan and his and his minions don't appear as 
you know, hounds of hell. Right. They appear as angels of light and as ministers of righteousness, like Joel Osteen. So come on uh, now. <laughs> so so uh, yeah. So the, the great smiles and 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 loving words and senses and feelings. Like I I was I was a spirit conjurer, as I knew many rituals and and uh, how to call up the spirits and they would directly manifest in my room and at the time i thought they were my guardian angels because they looked so good and friendly and, and beautiful to look at and they spoke nice and friendly and warm and they were loving as that they made themselves appear as angels of god but they were demons and so if satan can appear like that and his and his minions can appear like that if satan can deceive a third of the angels that's what, makes what you think he can't deceive you that's what one thing that people don't understand like satan convinced a third of the angels to go against their yep. creator who they saw in his full glory they saw yep. god in his full glory on a regular basis and satan yep. With this campaigning, they said campaign, campaigning on the mountain. I forgot. I think that's in Isaiah. Um, convinced them to fall away, to pull away from God. He convinced Eve. Basically, he usurped authority and went towards Eve instead of going towards the man. He convinced Eve to take fruit because lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Because it looked good. Oh, it was good yeah. for food. It it looked good to make one wise. And I forgot, I forgot the phrase, but like he convinced her to destroy the, <laughs> destroy the whole humanity with sin, yeah. Yeah. with just a couple of phrases, just a turn of a phrase. And you will think and, he could use stretching for that. Like stretching is good. Yeah. You're supposed to stretch, but why do you have to do it with a, a yogi instructor? Why do you have to do it with skin tight pants on? Why do you have to do it like with all this Hindu and, and yoga? You know what I mean? And yoga means to yoke, which means to bind. And what Ooh. and so what you're actually doing is in yoga, if you look at the origins of this, you actually go to actual gurus in India. Go to the actual guys, the yogi masters and all them, the grandmasters. They will tell you that, that its origins are the imitation of the body movements of the gods. And you incorporate meditation in this so that they are able to connect with you and indwell you and move upon you. And their powers can can enchant you and, and you draw closer. And so it, it is actually, uh, it forms a body worship of the Hindu gods. You Come imitate their stances, you imitate their that what they're doing on the representations on their imagery and all this stuff so that's what that is so when you consider this now you go back to uh, what you're saying about Sa satan with eve and how he tempted her it, it's very similar to what we see today is well i think i feel i believe i saw i read i will ascend to the throne i will mm -hmm. be like the most high I will walk up and down the mountain. It, it's it's you making yourself a god. It, you're cherry picking the scriptures to fit your own narrative, your own opinions and ideologies. Satan and his minions, they know scripture. They're not afraid to use the Bible. You, they're, you, they're not afraid. You of, right. They're not afraid. Of, they're not afraid of the Bible. They're afraid of the Bible rightly divided, because you look at Satan in the wilderness tempting Jesus. Satan quoted Psalm ninety-one. Yep. Yep. To try to Jesus in the wilderness. So Satan knows how to manipulate scripture in your mind to try to get you to justify and validate things against the very narrative context of God's word. Now, when I was in the occult, 
I did that. I actually picked verses and Bible passages out of context uh, to justify my very own occultic practices. Like, for example, you know the passage it says, as a man stares into a glass darkly, uh, that passage? Mm -hmm. I took that verse and twisted it to mean mirror scrying, where you stand in front of a mirror in the dark and you stare at your own reflection until spirits manifest. Is that where the, mirror the the Bloody Mary stuff the kids yeah. do yeah. in the Candyman and all the other crap? That is actual real satanic witchcraft. That is spirit. That's a form of, it's called scrying. It's, it's a reflection gazing, mirror scrying. It is a witchcraft ritual. It's very mm. real. It actually works. It, it is very real. It's very terrifying. Um, but uh, but anyways, you can twist scripture. You can, Psalm 23. He leads me beside the still waters. There you go. I can justify moonshine. So you see how... <laughs> Amen. Right. <laughs> how, how you can twist the Bible to fit and mean anything if you don't pair scripture with scripture rightly divided. So, for example, you look at Satan in the wilderness of Psalm 91. Read the words and the passage he directly quotes, and you'll note if you go to Psalm 91 and read it word for word, he stops one verse short. He does. Because if he quoted that, if he quoted the, the very next verse, he would have directly contradicted himself and disproved himself. So the, the whole thing with, with Halloween is it doesn't matter what I think. My feelings are irrelevant. And as a fantastic quote I've heard recently is, yeah, you're entitled to your own opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Hey, hey wait, you've been over here listening to some debates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Canadian, so I can say that. So I have to deal with truth. Yeah. So um, if we take a look at what Scripture says, it's the facts of the Word of God. People say, well, you know, it's up to your own interpretation. No, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation come on now second Timothy, second timothy three all scripture is given meaning theonoustos meaning god breathed all scriptures god breathed all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for proof for correction for instruction and in righteousness that the man of god may be perfect thoroughly furnished to all good works go to psalms chapter 12 verses 6 and 7 about the word of god it says his word is preserved unto all generations God preserves his word into all generations. And then it says in the Psalms again, my word, God says, my word is above my very name. So how high and holy are the names of God? His word is above his very name. So we have to take it in context as God does what he says. He says he preserves it, he keeps it, he holds it unto all generations. So therefore, by that standard, what it says is what it means. So with that context, then I challenge anyone to take Halloween, set, set, set it side by side with the word of God and put your hand on the Bible and tell me point blank, looking, looking God in the eyes, the word of God tolerates, blesses, condones Halloween. Hmm. That's hey, I don't, I don't know anyone who could do that. But again, that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. Based on the word, I, I, I really feel that we can't, we can't, we can't celebrate it. We got to pull our kids out of it. Um, like even even trunk or treat with churches and 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 things like that. It's the same exact yeah. thing. It's just yeah. it's just a cult light. Yeah. Actually, it's not even a cult light. It's the same exact thing. But now it's like now you just a mobile home for trick or treat. Like I don't get it. it like it, it it's it it's 
a druid festival that is being repackaged. You see, so nothing is new under the sun. All sin is sin, abominations, abominations, still as God has always said it. And that Satan, the thing about him is he's in, he's ingenious. He's he's so smart and he's so insightful and he's so wise and knowledgeable, wickedly so. But but he knows exactly how to take the old practices, the old ways. He does nothing new. He just repackages it. He, he takes witchcraft and he makes it kiddied, like you know the Harry Potter or the cartoon The Owl House or oh man, that cartoon is ridiculous. Is it is he knows how to make it cute and fun and fancy and he takes sorcery and makes it mickey mouse you know yes. the, the wizards at the dancing brooms he, he knows how to take something that is direct abomination that god hates abomination is the, actually the closest to pure hatred that you can get as god says god calls abomination he's saying he hates it with a pure hatred and that he's going to be casting it with all of his wrath in the lake of fire and christians are sitting on their couches and watching it and loving it and pleasuring in it and dressing up like it and acting like it and how do you think the lord feels hmm hmm and there's and like like i said like he's not saying that you're unchristian you're not saying that you're not saved what he's saying is you need to be aware <laughs> you need to be aware yeah. of what's going on and what you lie on in your house um man um because it's not just attacking you. You probably can brush past a couple things. Like, you probably can read. Because I had a problem with C.S. Lewis for a little bit. I was like, what are deep? The book, the Bible was deep magic. And, like, I had a problem with that. Like, I'd rather read The Great Divorce. I'd rather read Screw, Screw Tape Letters messed me up a little bit. Like, how do you oh, yeah. Oh, how yeah. do you got so much insight, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, C.S. Lewis, what a lot of people don't know. And what drives me crazy is when they venerate the guy. So many Christians venerate him. C.S. Lewis was not a born-again Christian. And I know right there I'm going to get a lot of people hating on me. But I challenge you to go and research C.S. Lewis. He he was not a born-again Christian. I think it was Catholic. He came, from the, world of, he came, he came from the world of the occult. He converted to Anglicanism, which believes in a different gospel than us. They believe in a form of, of righteous works to earn, to gain. They believe in baptismal regeneration, which is a false gospel. And he was, a, he was an Anglican mystic with an occult background. And if you actually read some of his quotes, even in one of his quotes, he says, Jesus was one of the most ignorant individuals. He called Jesus ignorant because where Jesus says, it says uh, no man knows the day nor the hour except the Father. So therefore, C.S. Lewis says Jesus is ignorant. He one of the most ignorant people, as he called them. Very disrespectful, blasphemous, and another quote. And he was, he was an occultic Anglican mystic. He was not born again Christian. Mm. And a lot of his... Lot, now, all because he made some great quotes and uh, great quasi-Christian statements and phrases that people uphold him as a Christian. Well, see, Joel Osteen makes some great quotes now, and that doesn't justify him. So does the Pope. That doesn't justify him. you got to look at the doctrine coming out of the mouth and the gospel they believe. The gospel is different than they are not of us. It doesn't matter what they say. Hmm. See, I, have a re I read, I think, the mere Christianity and, and all that stuff. He made some good points, but... I never thought I never knew about the background of where he came from, bro. That that actually explains a lot of why his books were so involved in those type things. Um, yeah. Like his children's books always had to have some witch or something in it. Like it, it stemmed from yeah. that. Like, you know, what I mean, um, that bro and his best friend was R.R.J.R.R.W.W. Token or something random like oh. that. 
Um, yeah. Bro, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just pulling up my notes on this. I have a couple quotes I can quote uh, directly from C.S. Lewis. Um, I did a video on my YouTube channel exposing uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, i.e. the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, is uh, if you actually watch that video, you'll be absolutely shocked at uh, the stuff that I uh, expose in there. A, a lot of Christians got upset when I did that video because they just they couldn't believe it. And some just attacked me, others were you know sided with me. I'm just trying to scroll down my laptop's being really slow right now. Um, uh, okay, so here it is. He's looking for his notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lewis, C.S. Lewis also said in Reflections on the Psalms, page 129, I quote, As I believe Christ fulfilled both paganism and Judaism. What? Yeah. He says Christ fulfilled both paganism and Judaism. In Reflections on the Psalms, page 129. Lewis was also quoted in a biography as follows. I had some ado about, sorry, I had some ado to prevent joy and myself from re relapsing into paganism in, in, in Attica. At Daphne, it was hard not to pray to Apollo the healer, but somehow one didn't feel it would, would have been very wrong and would have also been addressing Christ's subspecies Apollonist saying that Apollo or Apollonus is a subspecies of Christ. Like, uh, that's in closing, crazy. In closing, uh, I, okay, um, where is this? There's another one. There's another quote. I, I can't find it in this thing. I'd have to read the whole thing, but it, there's okay. a number of in my video on Narnia I have all of the quotes I quote them all in there but watch it the point is is that things can look good they can look fine they can look fancy they can look innocent like Chronicles of Narnia can look fine Harry Potter can look childish and look innocent Halloween can look innocent uh, Satan can look innocent yeah. uh, mysticism and the new age occultism and witchcraft it can look innocent it can look fine and but you gotta look at what it represents what does it glorify what does it represent what does it proliferate so these things we are meant to 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 dive deeper and see the origins it, people say well origins don't matter well they do according to the word of god the word of god says we're to study these things to do the due diligence to be as the bereans and search these things out to see if they be so and if someone says that something is okay you don't take their word for it all because the guy in the pulpit says says something that doesn't mean that it's the infallible word of god you want to take what he says and hold him accountable to the word of god and make sure that what he said is biblically accurate right. not according to our personal opinions and things but as god has said and if god has said it then our feelings are irrelevant our opinions and ideologies are irrelevant you're right amen amen so as, as heroes as you as you listen to brother matthew where are some ways that they can find you um what's your instagram your facebook your your i don't know snap tweet whatever you do bro i don't know i don't know your personal <laughs> business <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I'm on uh, multiple different social media platforms, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, on YouTube, or uh, 
do, do have a private group on Facebook or all over the place. Uh, but uh, primarily, I just direct people to our, our website, which is christiancoffeetime.ca. As we are Canada-based, christiancoffeetime.ca. And right on our homepage, we'll have all the different social media links, which will take you directly to all the different platforms. But I do regular Bible studies on YouTube. That's where people can mainly find me there or on my Instagram. Um, on Monday, Tuesdays, Friday, Saturdays, I do uh, Bible studies. Uh, right now, we're working through the Gospel of John series. Uh, but uh, there's tons of different plat uh, uh, playlists, different playlists in our channel, tons of content covering tons of different topics and doctrines. Uh, we do Bible studies, do Q&As, uh, and uh, my, my dad, Pastor Paul, is putting together also a series on the book of Revelation as well, and we're putting those in as a playlist on the book of Revelation. Wait a minute, you're, you're a pastor's kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's another. I got to have you back on, man. We got to talk about that, <laughs> man. I've been thinking about that pastor's, pastor's kid rebellion for a long time, bro. I'm uh, trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out, man. Because doing this stuff, oh, yeah, like, yeah. and you got, I got kids, and you know, they see me doing this, and Satan does whisper, you know? Um, just, trying to, just trying to figure that stuff out. But we're going we're gonna to close out, man. Heroes, look. Brother Matthew, I think his what is your uh Instagram handle again? Is it second first it's, Corinthians? Yeah, it stands for second Corinthians chapter two verse one. So it's it's two core two C O R two underscore one. Okay. And then you could check them out on uh Christian Coffee Time dot C A. C A, yeah. Yeah, because we're international out here. And then uh <laughs> and his YouTube channel, which is Christian Coffee Time. And then it says Brother Matthew, and he has a hat on, and he looks like he plays jazz music. Whatever. Whatever he does on the weekends. <laughs> um, but that's all we have to say, brothers. Really protect your family during this time. It's, it's nothing to play with. The call is nothing to play with. You are, you're you're playing with fire. You're taking literal fire and putting it into your bosom and expecting not to get burnt with this. But until next time, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong out there. Whoop! I wanna be <laughs>